recapping the first week of Northwestern football this week. My name is Max Gelman. Sitting with me is Tim Balk. How you doing? We are going to recap a very tough loss for Northwestern football, falling to Western Michigan 22-21 on Saturday. Uh, Clayton Thorson with the late fumble at the end of the game, uh, going for the end zone on a designed quarterback keeper. Uh, about to reach out for the end zone, drops the ball, recovered by Western Michigan, and then there's a controversial replay. Tim, take us through that play. So it was a weird play, all right? So Thorson fumbles it around the one, um, scooped up by a Western Michigan player in the end zone who inexplicably tries to toss it back in, and it's recovered by Northwestern in the end zone. Everybody in the stadium thinks touchdown. Refs say that the Western Michigan player was out of bounds, when he tried to toss the ball back in, so it's a touchback. Western Michigan recovers it. They review it. They stick with the call on replay. It looked like he had not gone out of bounds yet when he flipped the ball back in. Still no idea why he'd want to flip the ball back in. Doesn't matter. Western Michigan takes over. Northwestern's defense can't stop them. Um, what Can't stop Western Michigan um, from running at the clock and Western Michigan wins. Yeah, it's definitely one of the stranger plays I've ever seen in football, like college or professional or otherwise. Um, but, like you said, the weird thing was that the Western Michigan player had possession of the ball and tried to throw it back in as if, like, attempting to save it, even though had he gone out of bounds, it would have been a touchback anyways. Right. Doesn't, doesn't, the, no, never get an explanation on what he was doing. Uh, the explanation Fitz said he got from the officials in the post-game press conference, which was that the ball was dead when he touched the ball. Doesn't really make sense. A lot of questions. Never really got clear answers. But in the end, Northwestern didn't play a good football game. Um, and really, they lost and they deserved to lose. Western Michigan uh, outgained them, outpossessed them. Um, but a bizarre final play. Western Michigan winning the time of possession battle, 39 minutes and 4 seconds to 19 minutes and whatever else equals to 60. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I believe it's 1956. 2056. 20, 2056. 20, so that's almost a 2-to-1 ratio in amount of time that Western Michigan had the ball compared to Northwestern. Um, and then Pat Fitzgerald and Clayton Thorson both talked about this in their post-game press conference on Saturday, is that Clayton just can't fumble the ball at the one. Like, that play shouldn't even even happen. Like, it was the only turnover all game, and it just came at the absolute worst time. Yeah, a fair point, but also the fact that Northwestern didn't force any turnovers all game defensively, which they never have, and they uh, forced at least one turnover in every home game last year. That was a sort of a hallmark of that defense last year. Big Made big plays. That's, you also can't go through a whole game without uh, forcing a turnover. So the emphasis sort of gets on this Thorson turnover, but one turnover in a game looks bad when you're not forcing turnovers. It looks bad when it's on the goal line. Also, yeah, you can't fumble <laughs> at the one. But, um, yeah, it was a big play. Yeah, and one thing that uh, Fitz mentioned at the press conference today on Monday is that the replay equipment on the field was not working, so the officials had to call in to somewhere for another group of referees to take a look at the play, similar to what Major League Baseball 
has with their replay system, where there's like a re a replay crew like in a in a room somewhere in New York watching all the games and all the plays. Right, probably Big Ten office or something. I'm not sure how that would work. But I didn't realize that they that Big Ten refs went under the hood. Trivia calls. I didn't even know that. And I, I, so. So to to me, when they were reviewing the play, it looked strange from my point of view because I saw the ref. Like the head referee standing on the field with a headset on and yeah. not looking at anything. Yeah. So I thought something was up then. No one mentioned it on Saturday. Fitz brought it up today on Monday. But what are you going to do? Um, we never learned the names of those officials who uh, overturned or allowed the call to stand. Um, we also didn't find out whether or not it broke mid-game or if it broke before the game. That's true. I, there were there were other replay reviews on Saturday. Yeah, but you know you know what that play was really, karma for the Wisconsin game last year, right? Same same thing, right? Like nobody under really understood the call at the time, changed the. Yeah, Wisconsin last year had what was it three touchdowns called back, one in the punt return and two in the fourth quarter at the end, so. But I think there was only one that was actually wrong in the Wisconsin game. Maybe two with the with the. Um, Wave, waving for the punt return. I don't. I wasn't. I'm not an expert on that right. rule. Well, whatever. <laughs> Bottom line: Northwestern lost a really tough game to an up-and-coming uh, Western Michigan team out of the MAC. Uh, one of the highlights of Saturday's game was Justin Jackson, as always. Uh, the ball carrier was up to his usual business. He had a career-high three rushing touchdowns on Saturday. Uh, toted the ball 23 times for 147 yards. Also added... 124. 124, excuse me. Also had two catches for 47 yards. That's just shy of his career high of 55 receiving yards. Um, and now with uh, Warren Long going to be out for at least four weeks with a broken hand, is what Fitz said at the press conference. Um, Justin Jackson, are we going to see him get 30 carries a game? We're going to still have the ball carrier. I think that this Northwestern offense, at least from what we saw when they were on the field on Saturday, um, which was only 20 minutes, but they look more spread out. They look like they're going to they're throw the ball more. That could could take the ball out of Jackson's hands a little bit, but if he's, if he's a big player in the receiving game, we'll see. Maybe that makes up for it. That first drive against Western Michigan was one of the best Clayton Thorson's ever had, I think. 15 plays, 75 yards, about five minutes off the clock, ended in the touchdown, Justin Jackson. But one of the things that came up to me, or I guess like makes me think about something, is that Pat Fitzgerald said after Saturday's game that they want to be a no-huddle team, right? They were running the no-huddle a lot in that first drive. They also tried to run it again later. But the problem is, or the problem was against Western Michigan, is that they ran 31 fewer plays. What? So, like, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, how are they going to try to balance, balance out being a no-huddle team while also not keeping their defense on for 39 minutes a game? Well, they have to sustain drives. And they had, I think, this, their, their next two drives after the touchdown drive, one was a three and out, one was a five plays and then out. Um, so I think the no-huddle's fine as long as they're, they're sustaining drives taking time off the clock, giving their defense a chance to rest. I also, that, I agree, that was, I think, probably the best drive we've seen from Thorson, maybe going back to Ball State last year. Um, I don't know how much we can take from, 
from that, Western Michigan was a really bad pass defense last year. Um, so, but but it, it was a positive sign even even in that context. I definitely think another thing is that the defense has to make stops on short yardage plays. Uh, there were eight times when Western Michigan had a third down or fourth down with two or less yards to go. They converted on seven of eight of those plays, which is really not a good rate for short yardage situations. Um, Northwestern last year ranked 116th out of 128 FBS teams in those situations, so it's definitely a problem that stems back to last year, but something that might be exacerbated a bit more this year with the losses of Dean Lowry and Deontay Gibson on the D-line. Right, yeah. There's no question that more of the blame for the loss goes on the defense and the offense. And for Northwestern to be a good team, they're going to have to be a, a, a good defensive team that will have to be the stronger of the two units. Defense really didn't look great against Western Michigan, particularly in those situations. And it's not... We also have to give at least some credit to Western Michigan, right? P.J. Fleck is a great up-and-coming coach. They're, one, they're probably the best team in the MAC. Um, obviously, Northwestern, when they scheduled this game however many years ago, they didn't think that Western Michigan was going to be this good. But like they have, they have a good offense. They've got a senior quarterback. They've got one of the best wide receivers in the country. So the defense performed poorly, but... You, Western Michigan is also a really good offense. True. And one of the hard things about reaching conclusions based on the first claim is we don't really know what Western Michigan is. Maybe in three or four weeks, well, there's no context to, the, to that, this game. So that makes it harder to draw conclusions. Western Michigan could be could disappoint. They could win five or six games, and then the loss looks really bad. They could win 11 games, finish the end of the top 25, and they're like, oh, well, not that bad loss, it turns out. So it, but agreed, Western Michigan does on paper look like probably the best team in the MAC. You think the Broncos won the MAC this year? Yeah. I would have to agree with. Do you that. think Northwestern would win the MAC this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've already lost Western Michigan, so. Um, moving forward now, or actually, before we get to today's press conference, we also wanted to talk a bit about the offensive line um, and their, I guess, struggles. Um, Clayton Thorson made a lot of scrambles yesterday. Seemed to be fighting a lot of pressure for the time that they were on the field. Um, Western Michigan had three sacks. Uh, Coach Fitzgerald today at the press conference said that two of them were as a result of Clayton making bad reads on the scrambles. Um, but just what were your general impressions out of the O-line? I thought the O-line didn't look Great. That's a unit where we're kind of hoping to see a little bit of improvements from last year. Last year was inconsistent, struggled with injuries. You'd think those injuries maybe would help them with experience this year. Um, Thorson looked more comfortable throwing the ball when they got him out of the pocket on the move, got more time. In the pocket, he didn't have a ton of time. Justin Jackson put up big numbers. He broke one big, what was it, almost 50-yard run, big gaps. I think it was 46. Big, yeah. O-line gave him a big hole there. But a lot, he, he ran for 124 yards, and a lot of those yards, he had short, shorter runs where really he should have been down in the backfield. So run blocking and pass blocking were both pretty, I would say, suspect against, again, a MAC team that you'd think wouldn't be a, a tough team to, to beat in the trenches. 
Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that uh, Fitz talked about today is that going back to Justin Jackson, where like he would he said something along the lines of the offensive line blocked like it should have been a three yard loss, but Jackson gets us a four yard gain. The offensive line blocks like it should be a four yard gain. Jackson takes it for twelve. Um, so that's more of a praise to Jackson. Other than that, the offensive line didn't look very good. Um, Tommy Doles, uh, red shirt sophomore, uh, making his first start of his career on Saturday. Um, he was the offensive playmaker of the week, if I'm reading that correctly. Yes, offensive big playmaker yeah. of the week. Um, which I don't when, know. when you think of a line, you think playmakers, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, offensive line definitely needs to be improved. But a lot of praise for, for Dolls. Fitz really effusive in his praise for, for um, Tommy after the game. Said he thought it might have been the best start he's ever seen from an offensive lineman making his first career start. Yes, he did say that. Yeah. Um, so, there were, there were bright spots, but on the whole, not quite where we'd like to be, right? Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to a little bit of recapping of our press, of our press conference, of Northwestern's <laughs> press conference. Um, we did not host the press conference, obviously. Um, but Fitz talked for about 25, 30 minutes. About five of those minutes was spent as some other person in the room was looking for a phone that went off in the press conference. iPad. Well, it turned out to be an iPad. Everyone thought it was a phone. It turned out to be one of the team, the team's iPads. What the heck type of sound was that, though? I have no idea. I don't even know like how like you can get like a phone call on an iPad unless it's a FaceTime. Maybe somebody was trying to FaceTime. Mm, that's true. Um, but it was a very uh, upbeat press conference uh, after a loss to Western Michigan. Um, Fitz talked a lot about the defense, right? We talked a lot about... Doing too much was a yeah, big Yeah, that, that, that's what it was, thank you. We talked about... And um, Anthony Walker specifically. Yeah, Anthony Walker, like, like everyone trying to do a little bit too much as individuals, but not enough as a team. I don't know what that means, if it's just coach jargon, but um, he, he specifically talked about Anthony Walker, like, trying to lead. And now, and now we have a... Uh... <laughs> We've got another phone going off yeah. here on the podcast. Well, we're back. We uh, had a little phone break. My, we're sitting here in my apartment, and my kitchen table just arrived. And uh, so, technological interruptions. The story of this Monday. Yeah, and we, we may or not have played a game of Madden in between the break, but. Uh, but but I, I if we did, I definitely won. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so we were talking about the defense, talking about individuals. Um, looking forward to Illinois State, one thing that really needs to improve on the defensive end uh, is Anthony Walker's play. He was basically invisible in the second half on Saturday. He only had seven tackles, which is a decent number, but for someone like Anthony Walker, who you expect to have like 15 tackles a game, is not really that great a number. Uh, all of those tackles came in the first half. Uh, Illinois State... One of the better FCS teams. Uh, they finished second in the country two years ago. Last year, I believe, they finished ranked sixth. Obviously, no one can beat North Dakota State. They've won like the past five or six FCS championships. Um, but 
What, Tim, what do you specifically want to see from Anthony Walker the next time out? Well, I'll just see more of him. Uh, took a couple bad routes. Um, I think a lot of um, the talk in today's press conference was about sort of him doing too much, but also the guys around him not really uh, pushing pushing the action back to the middle of the field. Um, so just a better performance all around from the defense. I think it will look better against Illinois State. Anthony Walker will will hear his name um, in the first half, but it, it, just hearing that it's weird was really weird not to hear. Uh, Anthony Walker on the tackle for a whole half there. Yeah, it was. Uh, there were some times where he was, like, I don't, I don't think it was the right way to describe it as flat-footed, but it looked like he just was it like a split second too late on picking up some of the some of the routes. Would, would you agree with that, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Illinois State again. Um, They've got, I believe they have their entire offensive line returning. Um, their linebacker play is pretty shoddy. Their own media guy describes it as the most thin group <laughs> on the team. Um, so look for Justin Jackson to have another big game. Uh, again, with Warren Long out, I'll have like 30 or so carries probably. Well, I, 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 I don't know how much he'll play if Northwestern opens up a big lead. That's true. If Northwestern gets out to a big enough lead, he'll probably uh, rest in the fourth quarter. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I don't think Northwestern should have any problems with Illinois State. Even though they're a very good FCS team, Northwestern is just, like, physically just bigger and better. Yeah. It's, it's FBS versus FCS. It's a, it's a, it's a gap. Um, I think it'll be another sleepy game. But it, it should be a, it should be an automatic win. We, you know, we should see Definitely. Northwestern get a win in week two. Definitely. A uh, couple fun press conference notes to wrap up our podcast. Uh, Kyle Cairo was at the mo- at the podium uh, this afternoon. He said that after the Western Michigan game, he looked up uh, teams that have lost the first game of the season and then gone on to win the national championship. So he is obviously thinking big, as well as Fitz, because he said... He believes that he's going to win a national championship at Northwestern. At what point, we don't know when, um, but... He did qualify with the fact that you have to win the Big Ten West first. He did, he did, he did say that. <laughs> so, um, Northwestern's journey to uh, the college football playoff took a hit first week, um, but the team has high hopes for themselves, as any team would after winning ten games. Yep, yep. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. For do you have anything else? No, that's it. Disappointing week one, but a bi- virtual week off to prepare for Duke, and I think a very important game week three. I agree. So with that, we're gonna sign off for the Cats Corner. Tim Bach, Max Gelman, thank you for listening. <laughs>